Hi, thank you for tuning in to another episode of State of the Arts, the podcast where art forms are embraced and artists are celebrated. I'm Lee, your hostess of Ceremonies, and this is episode 169, the Year of the Dragon special. My guest this week is Kai Yun. He is a martial artist and a vital part of the Muifa Lion and Unicorn Dance Team, which is based out of New York City in Chinatown, downtown. Welcome to my show, Kai. Thank you so much for joining me on this last day of the celebration of Lunar New Year, Year of the Dragon. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Uh, wow, this is incredible. I never knew there was such thing as a unicorn dancing. So what inspired you to embrace this art form? The unicorn dance has been in my family for a long time. My father was originally part of an association called Asian Americans for Equality, also known as Ping Dangwei. He had volunteered years ago and he did unicorn for a long time, practiced the music. And then also my family has, you know, passed it down lineage to lineage. So since I was a baby, he used to play with me like as if I was a unicorn head. And now it's a family tradition because I passed it down to my sons, my nephew. And um, once he is older and our master or Sifu had passed on, uh, my father took over classes. And after that, I took over classes. What is the significance of martial arts within unicorn dance? The unicorn dance is predominantly from the Hakka. Uh, region of China and uh, the unicorn itself has a lot of snake and dragon type movements it's very circular serpentine has a lot of figure eight kind of movements traditionally there are a few kung fu styles that practice the unicorn uh, including southern mantis or pop mei and a few other styles practice the unicorn how long has this art form existed I'm guessing centuries Absolutely. Definitely has. The unicorn dance has been around for hundreds of years. How does it differ than the lion and the dragon dances? Okay, so the lion dance, southern traditional lion dance, has a lot of kung fu embedded in it. The footwork, the dancing itself has a lot of the stances and kicking and jumping as well. Um, typically hard kung fu styles practice the lion dance and unicorn is typically uh, performed by southern shorthand styles, which is a close combat or soft styles. So they're kind of opposites. Lion is hard, while unicorn is soft. Uh, lion is very staccato, and the lead instrument is the drum, while the unicorn is more flowing, and the lead instrument is the cymbal. And how many unicorns do you guys have? We've had so many over the years. But right now I have about five or six unicorns and a lot more uh, lions and drums and equipment like that. Over the years, we've, <laughs> we've gotten a lot of equipment and, uh, you know, pass it on over the years. to Try to keep everything in good shape and preserve. Uh, my father actually learned from Marisifu how to repair and repaint some of the unicorns. So a lot of the older unicorns that were damaged from years ago during parades with firecrackers and stuff like that, um, he was able to learn how to re reapply the paints and to make the structure of the unicorn 
danceable. Do the unicorns have names? I personally, you know, have names for them. I have nicknames. So this way we can distinguish which head is what. But um, no, there aren't any names uh, for the unicorn as well. What are the names you gave your unicorns? <laughs> we have two twin heads that were uh, built by a Sifu in Brooklyn, and we, we call them the twins. I have another uh, unicorn that's very colorful, so I call that one Skittles. And I have a three-horn unicorn, which I call Triceratops. Aw, that's so cute. There significance to the colors used for each unicorn? Not as much as a color significance compared to lion dance. When it comes to lion dance, the color of the beard plays a role in how respected the lion is. Uh, the unicorn typically is very, very colorful, a lot of rainbow colors and variety of colors. Not too many uh, people have what they call uh, sequence heads compared to like the lions have a lot more sequence or pvc building inside the frame of the head itself uh, but the unicorns typically are very very colorful a lot of variety of rainbow colors and pinks and reds orange and green of course there is significance within the colors red typically for chinese is good luck you know money <laughs> so during festivities as, such as weddings chinese typically wear red instead of white so red is very powerful and good luck color for, for us and the unicorn as well. How long does it take to assemble an entire unicorn? Most of the time they are built overseas in China or Hong Kong and uh, it starts off with a bamboo frame and wood for the handle. Uh, most of it is paper mache. You know, they add the fabric for the tail and the body itself later on, which is uh, usually layers and layers of different colors and satin or depending on the different materials by the people who build them so like i said most most of the unicorns are built in china or hong kong what kind of music accompanies the unicorns or how many instruments how many instruments would be played at the same time okay so normally it would be the cymbal as the lead instrument and the gong which are the two most important uh instruments uh we also have a drum in the unicorn dance which is very different from the lion drum. It's a more high pitch, sounds more like a northern drum compared to the southern drum. Now, over the years in Chinatown, New York specifically, we evolved, many groups evolved to use the lion drum because of the sound. The lion drum resonates louder than the unicorn drum. So parading with firecrackers and loud music, lots of times the unicorn drum gets phased out by all the other outside noise. So a lot of groups started using the lion drum and just playing the unicorn rhythms. Now, does the unicorn chase away the bad spirits? Absolutely. The unicorn typically is like a ghostbuster. You know, it gets rid of all evil and bad spirits, uh, brings good luck and for fortune. It's a, it's a mythological creature that is actually more rare than the lion and in mytho chinese mythology the dragon of course is the most important but typically you find the dragon the unicorn the phoenix the lion and the peyao or pixie so the unicorn is more rare than the actual lion it's comprised of a dragon head or a horse or deer body 
and it has uh, antlers or horns. During different dynasties in China, the Keilun or unicorn was depicted differently depending on uh, the dynasty. Oh, that's so interesting. So it evolved, its look changed throughout the centuries. Absolutely. And it uh, also has a mirror on the forehead, which, you know, deflects all evil and bad and bad luck and all those evil spirits as well. The lion has that as well. But um, unicorn has a lot of power and its elements pretty much like fire. So it can definitely battle, even though it's a very playful animal and creature. The unicorn is known to bring lots of luck and fortune as well. And it also represents fertility and serenity. Wow, that's so cool. I wish I could wear a bakwa on my forehead. <laughs> <laughs> so what's the process of teaching the next generation? I noticed there's a lot of children in this school. Um, actually, it's, it's very tough nowadays in New York City to teach lion or unicorn or martial arts. A lot of the uh, American-born Chinese are not interested in carrying their traditions or they're not interested in the culture. They want to be more Americanized. So lots of these arts are you know, dying, dying out. It's hard because um, not too many generations are passing it on anymore. I actually have been part of multiple groups in Chinatown helping teach the unicorn dance and spreading the knowledge but over the years, many groups don't perform anymore and they don't have enough people or youth to, you know, rejuvenate the art itself. Uh, line dance, typically you can perform the line dance with less people compared to the unicorn. I feel that the unicorn is more strenuous, super tedious. It's not as heavy as the lion head is, but the movements is very rigorous and very tiring. So you, uh, you typically would need more people to perform a nice unicorn show compared to the lion. So how many people are inside the unicorn? The unicorn, just like the lion, is only two people, a head and a tail. The dragon dance has way more people than that. <laughs> but more people are used overall through the unicorn performance. Absolutely. Absolutely. So we're talking about musicians and assistants. Yes. So for even a 10, 15 minute show, you would need multiple people to play the cymbal and relieve each other, drum and gong. So you have the three instruments and then you have a head dancer and a tail dancer. Now, most of the time, people with years of training only last a few minutes under their head and it's very, very tiring. So uh, a lot of people... Um, can't handle it. Even martial artists who have prior training and are in great shape, they get absolutely exhausted dancing the unicorn. So a lion dancer could transition easily to unicorn dancing or would be a little bit of a learning curve for them? Depends on what style of lion dance you do and if you train martial arts or not. When it comes to unicorn and lion, some of the footwork is similar when it comes to the Kung Fu stance. But also, it depends on what lineage of Kung Fu you train. Typically, the unicorn is very low to the ground. It bends down a lot. So it's a very painful on your back. The unicorn 
was said to have been banished from the heavens because it damaged the garden. So the unicorn, once it came to earth, it had to always face down and never look up to the heavens as a respect. Oh, <laughs> so it's like the God's pet that got into trouble. <laughs> absolutely. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Where can people go view unicorn dancing like during the year if it's not Lunar New Year? Well, you can sometimes find unicorn dance at weddings or grand openings. But like I said, it's very rare in New York City, especially because there's uh, many lion dance groups out there and there's not too many unicorn groups. I originally learned unicorn dance from my father at Asian Americans for Equality. And our Sifu was part of an association which is part of the Thai Pong or Thai Pun Family Association in Chinatown. So my father and myself and my team, we would help out AFI, we would help out Thai Pong. During the Lunar New Year, you guys get a lot of performances. Not as much as over the years. I've been doing this for decades. Um, I'm 41 now, and I've been doing unicorn since a baby, officially performing since I was 12, teaching since early 20s. So over the years, we've had you know anywhere from 50 people, and then it dwindled down to about 30 and 15, you know, 10 here and there. So over the years, a lot of people lost interest or you know uh, moved on or. Uh, they are older, they have family and children now, more responsibilities, so it's harder for them to come to practice, let alone to perform. The last event that we will be having probably is going to be the Super Saturday event in Chinatown, and that's when all of the groups and Kung Fu schools and family associations come out with their, their lions, dragons, and unicorns, and they perform and dance for each and every business or store, a restaurant in Chinatown. Now we have a finale performance in front of the Okten or the Chin Association, which is right on Bayard Street between Ma and Elizabeth. And usually we do our finale about five o'clock and we combine lion dancing and unicorn dancing while also having a Kung Fu demonstration. Wow, that is so exciting. I definitely wanna go see that. Absolutely. How long does it take to train to be a top-level unicorn dancer? It takes a long time to develop the skills because, one, you have to learn the dance itself. And the dance requires footwork from Kung Fu. So your basic training always starts with your foundation, which is your footwork. And obviously, you have to learn some Kung Fu stances and some kicking and some jumping around before you can even get inside of the unicorn. So I would say it takes a long time to perfect craft. Depending on how much you train outside of class also plays a major role. If you just come to practice once a week, you're not gonna learn as much as somebody who comes practice more often or practice at home. The foundation is Kung Fu based. So, you know, a lot of people have a hard time learning the Kung Fu if they're not into the martial arts. But if you have martial arts training, it makes it much easier to learn the dance itself. And that's not including the instruments. So unicorn dances are all around the world. I mean, in most major cities of the world, you have a Chinatown. 
usually. Yes, yes, definitely. <laughs> You'll find us all over the world, wherever the Chinese community. And there are also Cantonese and other um, ethnic, ethnic groups that practice unicorn as well, but predominantly Hakka. So what social media platforms are you all on? Oh, we're on Instagram, we're on YouTube, we're everywhere. <laughs> you can uh, check us out on Instagram at Moifa Team. And for the YouTube page is Moifa Lion and Unicorn Dance Team. We're also on Facebook as well, Moifa Lion and Unicorn Dance Team. How do you come up with that name for anyone who doesn't speak Chinese? Moifa is a flower. Yes. Okay. So my background in the martial arts world, I trained Wing Chun Kung Fu, and I also have trained Southern Praying Mantis and a, a, a variety of other styles, including Hong Ga. Now, the traditional Southern Lion Dance has predominantly Hong Ga footwork, while the Unicorn has more uh, Southern short, shorthand style techniques as well. So over the years, I had to develop a way to teach both styles, have people understand it and develop their technique, let alone their dancing. That's great. And you guys have a logo? Yes, we do. To piggyback on what you were saying as the Moi Fa, it's known as the plum flower. The Moi Fa is a plum flower, which has been used in multiple styles of Kung Fu especially Wing Chun. So the plum flower is what we call Moi Fa. And we have both a combination of lion and unicorn dance where we dance them separate and we dance them together as well. So there's also Kung Fu techniques that are represented in the plum flower or the Moi Fa. Wonderful. If someone is interested in becoming a unicorn dancer, what path should they take? Well, first off, they got to do a lot of stretching and get their uh, cardiovascular up, learn uh, a lot of basic footwork so they can build up their stamina and strength. And then they learn the basic hand movements of how to move the unicorn head or tail. And then you combine the footwork with the martial arts and the dancing. Music's a whole nother situation. <laughs> <laughs> Is there anything you'd like to say to the listeners? Yes. Please carry on the tradition. Carry on the lineage. Learn as much as you can. Spread the knowledge and the understanding. And if you're interested, please reach out. This way we can uh, have this art continue for generations and generations. And we can have the history flourish. And it is a beautiful art form. I saw the pictures of it and watched a few videos. I want to see it live. Well, I don't, thank you. Yeah. Yes, it's very, very fun and exciting because it looks like a dragon and it brings a lot of joy. And when people see it, they get very excited and energetic. I've seen the dragon dance many times. I guess that's the most popular one. Uh, not just only popular, but like I said, not a lot of people know about the unicorn in New York City or the USA compared to how much the lion dancing has spread. Of course, due to uh, you know international competitions and stuff like that. 
there are a few competitions where unicorns have competed as well, but I don't believe it's as well known as the other dances. Okay, so do the lions and unicorns ever run into each other and interact? Absolutely. There are times when two groups or kung fu schools come into contact with each other and they are supposed to, how would you say, lower the music so it's not really loud and they're not supposed to raise the lion or unicorn head. When a unicorn and a lion or any group come, come into contact with each other, to respect each other, they're supposed to lower the music and lower their heads, not to disrespect the other group. And if they do meet and the two groups are, you know, have a mutual respect or are cool with each other, sometimes they would kiss and, and the two dancers would shake hands and, you know, the groups show mutual respect and bow to each other. Oh, and the two heads would be kissing when they shake hands. Absolutely. That's adorable. Yes, yes. That's great. <laughs> so, and then uh, the groups usually pass out their cards, their business cards or their flyers with the name of it um, to show like, hey, this is my group. I respect you. And each group would exchange cards or, or flyers. Oh, that's great. And, and sometimes would they ever dance side by side? There are sometimes, but most of the time when those interactions happen, it's because the groups are passing each other during festivities. But there are a lot of rules when it comes to groups interacting with each other. So there's etiquette, there's a protocol. Absolutely. Yes, there is. Wow, it's amazing. It's an entire subculture. Yes, yes. And a lot of people who see the dance, if they don't know the history about it, they think, oh, it's just a cool dance, but they don't know there's a lot of rules, whether it's, you know, how to dance or how to interact with people. For instance, you're not supposed to touch the unicorn horn because the unicorn horn is its power and it's uh, male pride. Oh, I see. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, um, there's, there's a certain etiquette and things you are not supposed to do during a dance or things you are supposed to do during a dance. One thing, for instance, when you are entering and exit, exiting a business, you enter facing the business and when you leave, you're supposed to back out. So this way, you don't leave showing your butt to the business or the restaurant or the temple or whoever you're dancing for. So there are a lot of rules when it comes to the dancing. So would the last dancer in inside just flip around and go forward with the, with the tail on his head? Uh, yes. Normally, once they are about to exit, the head would turn around and face the business while the, the tail backs out of the door. So this way not to uh, show, their, show their rear. There's a you know, superstition when it comes to that as well. Um, you don't want the the luck that the lion or unicorn brought to your business to leave when they leave. So that's why they also back out instead of walking out. But I'm guessing the dancer could look forward with the tail over his head. Yes, yes. There's <laughs> a lot of tricks to the trade, um, but there's limited visuals underneath the tail of the head as well. And people can give tips through the mouth? Yes. Yeah. It's a tradition that a lot of Chinese people do. They give the 
dicey or hongbao, which is red envelopes or lucky money. And they feed the lion or the unicorn um, these envelopes. And they also uh, feed it vegetables as well. Lettuce, cabbage, orange, tangerines. There are also a tradition where different businesses or associations will test the association or the group that's performing, which they call a labyrinth. They have different setups for the chang, which is green, or the lettuce. And there's a lot of symbolism when it comes to the eating of these vegetables. Uh, the unicorn, once it eats the lettuce, it spits it back out or regurgitates it to spread the luck and the wealth to the business and any people who are around it. The dragon does as well and the lion? Yes, yes. They all eat and they all spit out. And there's also um, another significance as well um, because of there was hidden there was hidden messages in lion dancing during the times of the Boxer Rebellion, which goes back dynasties during, you know, the, one of the last emperors of China. So different groups would have a hidden message or movements that mean certain things, or there's a lot of symbolism in the movements as well. So when the, the unicorn would eat the lettuce and spit it out, the symbolism behind that is to overthrow the Qing dynasty because of the rebels who were fighting during the Boxer Rebellion. Wow. So there's a lot of deep significance in the lion dance, the unicorn dance, and the dragon dance. All have different meanings and different, uh, different subculture and hidden messages. I want to thank you so much. You've been such an informative and educational and wonderful guest. And thank you so much for keeping this tradition alive. It's so important as a... Chinese-American myself, I value these customs that were passed on from generation to generation. Well, thank you for having me, and I appreciate it as well because, you know, the unicorn dance, like I said, is so rare that it needs as much exposure as we can get so we can carry on these years and dynasties of this rich culture, this art form, this music, and the history of our people. Ah, <laughs> 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 <laughs>